This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, October 27th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Cosmo's body bobblehead, body double, Jerem Jordan. Yeah, um, so we have a new uh, bobblehead on the set, which is pretty cool. The BYU store is selling this for nine ninety nine. They added to the set, which is pretty awesome. So you can get yours today if you want. There it is. Look at this. This is worth Yo, ten bucks. Yes, that's right, Dave Odom. You know who can afford a ton of these, Jerem? Yeah, Ryan Smith, the man who just bought the Utah Jazz, a BYU alumnus. So this is, this is pretty cool. So the Miller family has owned the Jazz for a long time. They've done a tremendous job with them. They're selling the Jazz to BYU alum. Ryan Smith, who owns Qualtrics, who's a, a big sponsor and booster of uh, BYU Athletics, right? Uh, he loves BYU hoops. He loves BYU sports. So this is pretty cool. Reportedly, for $1.6 billion. Mm-hmm. So how many of these Cosmo bobbleheads could Ryan Smith buy? $160 million, $160, Yeah, that's a lot. So um, pretty cool. Pretty cool as a... As a Jazz fan, which we like jazz. This is pretty. This is pretty awesome. That Ryan Smith is going to own the Jazz, and uh, hopefully this means great things, right? I think it does. And He's ob- a huge obviously, BYU basketball fan as well. And obviously, Qualtrics means a lot to BYU. So that's pretty cool, man. Also, that shirt's pretty cool. I've never seen that one. Oh, it's thank Sailor you. Coog with with a black kind of upper part, a little gray trim, and then a, a white body. I like well, it. Fun fact: It is brand new. I just bought it from the BYU store. Official outfit of BYU fans everywhere? That is correct. Yeah, Ava- available now. Oh, jeez. How about that? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Shout out to our guy Rich Nelson over there. Speaking of money. <laughs> How many polos can Ryan Smith How many buy pol- with $1.6 billion? See, I'm guessing that one was. <laughs> well, Jerem does that math or not, here's your Wednesday show lineup. Kirk Herbstreet, Reese Davis, and the A-team of ESPN's college football analysts Discuss BYU's college football playoff resume. Yes, BYU in the college football playoff discussion. We keep going back there, but is there an actual possibility for BYU to get in? Linebacker Pepe Tanuvasa is merely worried about beating Western Kentucky. I go one-on-one with the Navy transfer, why he says Zach Wilson is so annoying in practice, plus <laughs> Isaiah Kafusi and Jerem Jordan in the film room. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Game 7, Saturday night, first ever meeting with Western Kentucky on Halloween. Head coach Kalani Stocky says the Hilltoppers have big game experience. So they, they, they know what it's like to go into a, a big house and play, and I know we're going to get their best shot. I say this every week, but we got to make sure that they get ours as well. And, and the only way to do that and respect the game is to give them everything we got. Absolutely. Number 11, BYU, taking on Western Kentucky. Uh, Cougars have won a Satake-era high seven home games in a row, looking to make it eight. The average score right now for BYU, 45-14 this year. 45-14. You know who pointed that out as well on national television last night? I do. Yeah. It was Kirk Herbstreet, ESPN's lead college football analyst, who also said the following about BYU last night during the college football playoff top 25 show, and I quote, out of all the teams that I cannot wait for, four weeks from now, for the committee to rank, it's BYU, assuming they win out. 
on Zach Wilson, he continues. This guy's playing as well as anybody in the country. So I like him. I like him a lot. BYU's legit, end quote. He saw BYU in person against the Navy. He's been high on the Cougars since. We'll talk more about the appearance of the Cougars on that show coming up in West Training. And rankings are up for cross country. The men are second. The women are third. Last fall, the men won the Natty. The women took second. Both are competing this fall, but there is expected to be a national championship race in the spring sometime. Details still TBD, but top three teams on campus. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The who's who discussing BYU. It's borderline surreal when you flip on the TV to ESPN and see a panel of Reese Davis, Kirk Herbstreet, David Pollock, Joey Galloway, um, forgetting somebody. Jesse uh, Palmer. Yes, thank you, Jesse Palmer. The five of those guys yeah. specifically welcoming BYU into the conversation by having Zach Wilson on for an interview. Awesome. In their hour-long show leading up to the college football playoff rankings that will be released in late November. They're breaking down the top 25. They're discussing things like, is there enough for BYU if they go undefeated on the resume to get into the college football playoff? Sorry, what? It's but, unbelievable. Put the like I said, borderline surreal to oh, yeah. witness all of this. Yeah. Jerem, what did we learn last night having BYU featured for this segment on ESPN's college football playoff top 25 show? BYU's doing great things. They're at least in the conversation, right? Um, it's, it's October. It's not December. No, but, it's almost but, November, though. But it's right. But it's awesome. Yeah, this is awesome. Like, enjoy this. Let's enjoy this. The schedule got blown up. BYU had to redo it. It's not what BYU would normally do. They've won all the games in convincing fashion. Got a Heisman Trophy candidate. This is fun, man. And what happened last night was extremely validating. Anytime BYU can be in that conversation, it's very validating. What I'm afraid of in this whole conversation is that we get our hopes up for something that isn't likely to happen, and then we're disappointed even if something great happens. A new, going to a New Year's Six, I've said, I said this like a year or two ago, is the pinnacle of the program. The playoff is not a realistic option, in my opinion, for not just BYU, but frankly, any team outside the Power Five. Perhaps one day a team does that. I think back in the day when Boise State was going undefeated for a couple years, had they done it again, they were ranked third late in the season one time. They Perhaps that situation yields a sh- realistic shot at the playoff. But outside of that, it's not built for a team like BYU or Cincinnati or Boise State to get into the playoff. Frankly, it's not built for every Power 5 team, uh, conference to get in. Um, so it, it's difficult that way. So let's enjoy the New Year's Six conversation. Enjoy the conversation around the playoff. That's great. I don't think it's realistic, but it's fun to talk about. Yeah, you bring up Boise State from, I don't know, a decade ago when they were number two when in Kellen, the country. When Kellen Moore was the quarterback. The current Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator, and I wish him the best because things are rough in Dallas right now. Yeah, they are rough and He's down. playing without his star quarterback. But well, and Andy Dalton's injured too. Now, yes. So he's going to start a third, third stringer. Yeah. Story for another day. But when Kellen Moore was the quarterback at Boise State, they were ranked number two. All they had to do was kick a 30-yard-ish, 30-yard-ish field goal at Nevada, yeah. win that game, and they're Kyle in, in the conversation to play in a national championship. Right, and this is pre-playoff. By so the they, way. they had to be in the top two. We're talking about the top four. And that's pre-playoff, different setup. Now. Most people think that in order for a group of five team, a high-level achieving group of five team to get in the playoff, 
it needs to expand to eight teams. If it expands to right. eight teams, then yeah. oh, for sure. it's going to happen, yeah. right? But as currently yeah. constituted, clearly you feel strongly that there's just no way for a team outside of the Power Five Blue Bloods to get into the top four for the college football playoff. It's hard enough for the Pac-12 to get in, let alone a non-Power Five, right? Like if you're USC or Washington, you're going, BYU, it's hard enough for us to get in. And the la- what, what was the last team? Was it Washington? 2017? In the college football playoff? I don't think that, I think they missed, or 16? I think they missed the last couple, right? Big 12, you need Oklahoma to do something crazy. That ain't happening this year. Do we think Oklahoma State's going to make the college football playoff? Probably not, right? So it's built to have two SEC teams, one Big 10 team, and Notre Dame in it. Okay, so that's what it's built for. Here's the X factor in all of this. Uh, sorry, in Clemson. Here's the X factor in all of this. Because of COVID-19, we don't know what's going to happen to the Blue Bloods. Notably, Wisconsin this morning just canceled their game against Nebraska. Canceled all team activities for seven days. They played one game against Illinois and vaulted themselves into the conversation as the team that's not in the top four right now that's most likely to get in the top four. Wisconsin's not going to be able to play one of their games. I didn't think they were likely to get in the playoff realistically. It was just a conversation piece. How much more is this going to affect other teams, especially the conferences that are trying to slam seven or eight games into seven or eight consecutive weeks? This is wild. This is why it might take a pandemic for BYU to legitimately be in the conversation as long as the Cougars keep winning. And and the conversation is different than making it into me. I, I believe BYU will be in the conversation. What, look at UCF. So 2017, someone gave them the natty, right? They're like, we're the national champs. Like, it's funny. But there, now, were, there were other undefeated teams that had played a full schedule. But, this is a totally it, different year. Well, here's my point. Hold on. Here's my point. They were in the conversation. Sure. Was that satisfying and validating for UCF to be in the conversation? Enough to Absolutely, claim a national right? championship. Absolutely. Well, they claim it not because they think they did it, but because someone <laughs> gave it to them. Someone named them uh, the natty. So... They're officially on the books as a national champ that year. Alabama won the national championship that year. But, yeah, viewing in the conversation is fantastic. Listen, New Year's Six is the reality. College football playoff, that's fun to discuss. Um, I, I see your point. I just, I just think at the end they're going to evaluate BYU's schedule and go, didn't play any Power Fives, had a nice win over Boise State, good win at Houston, hopefully Navy matters, hopefully San Diego State matters. But when compared to the teams that had to play mostly or all Power Fives, I, I, like Reese Davis, feel like the resume is not going to stack up. And right now, I'm, we're having this part of our conversation is exactly what I don't want. I don't want to feel like BYU didn't do something well in this. Guess what? If BYU wins all the games, they get into New Year's Six, this is amazing. I don't feel like, gosh, if we don't make the playoff, it's some, in some way, shape, or form disappointing. No, 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 no. No, the idea if of BYU's it is very fifth or exciting. sixth at the very end, that would be the peak. That would be like, wow, BYU was in that conversation. That's wild. And then BYU will have a game like they did in 96, a chance to validate the season. Because BYU has a game at Boise, yes, but it's only a game. They need, they need to do what UCF did, which is what? Beat Auburn. And then it was like, those guys are legit. This is the deal or no deal concept that we talked about last week, where BYU has a potential New Year's Six team, let's say they get there, they've got $300,000 guaranteed from the bank, but there's two suitcases left. One's got a dollar in it. One's got a million dollars in it. It's like, do we want to put all the eggs in the basket and take the risk and go for the million dollars and 
schedule up, add a late game, things like that, and then be disappointed in the end. Like, I'm with you. Like, you take three hundred grand and go home and leave from big deal, no deal with that, you're feeling amazing. In fact, BYU leaves with $17 million that come from a New Year's Six bowl game. Is that how much it is? Something like that. Oh, wow. They're feeling amazing, right? Oh, yes. There will be no disappointment. Yes. And does BYU, remind me, does BYU have to share that money with anybody? No. No. Well, the with, conference. Well, if it's an individual, it's tithing. But yeah, uh, <laughs> that's a lot of tithing. I, it, this is great. I'm, I don't want to feel like ugh, disappointment in any way, shape, or form after an undefeated season. No. 14% not, chance. Not going to do it. 14% chance, according to ESPN's Football Power Index, for BYU to make the college football playoff. That's pretty wild that it's that high. Our question of the day, with blue goggles on, if BYU goes undefeated, do you believe they will go to the college football playoff? Again, blue goggles on. Why or why not? Let's hear from you, BYUSN and Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Tanner Davidson in on Twitter. It's definitely possible only if, one, BYU blows out Boise State and San Diego State, a significant amount of the top 10 teams lose bad games, three, Zach Wilson needs a new ridiculous stat like throwing for 500 yards with no incompletions to make him top two in Heisman. Yeah, well, only if, yeah, those things are. I don't know that Zach Wilson needs to have a stat line for BYU to be in the college football playoff. It just depends on what teams are there, what games they've lost, how much COVID impacts all of this. If BYU is one of the last teams standing with an undefeated 10-0 resume and you're looking at a 5-1 USC out of the Pac-12 and, you know, just weird numbers, then it, then it gets a little tricky for the college football playoff committee. Listen to me clearly. Only BYU, after a 4-9, 7-6, and 7-6, and would dare have this rhetoric. It is silly. Who's driving it, though? It is. Who's driving it? Did, did, not, did the ESPN brass not drive this last night? I'm talking about actually making it in. Not thinking that you'll actually make it in. Not just conversing about it. <laughs> this is hilarious. Yeah. For the record. Near six. Is I the don't real, think is the peak. BYU will be in the college football playoff. Yeah. And I've said that a number of times. But I'm not throwing out the possibility of a weird 2020 getting even more weird and BYU with an undefeated resume being there as a, hey, we're still here at the end. I don't doubt that that will happen. But getting in is different than talking about it. It is. Coming up, BYU football is ranked number 11, but is it is it the most dominant program on campus right now? And BYU linebacker Pepe Tanuvasa joins me for our BYU Sports Nation one-on-one. Why he thinks Zach Wilson is annoying in practice. This is BYU Sports Nation. Can't wait to hear this. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU football with Kalani Satake is on demand on the BYU TV app, and it will re-air right after us today, 1 Eastern on BYU TV, as the coach and Gregor Bell recap the Texas State win, preview the Halloween night game with Western Kentucky. Isaiah Kapus is in the film room, although you can watch that on the show today coming up. And freshman tight end Isaac Rex is the player again. I'm glad you brought up Halloween, one of your favorite holidays. Oh, man, I love it. It's the best. <laughs> one time I got yelled at because I didn't like it. It's like a two-day birthday. Your birthday's the day before, and then it's Halloween. I had jaundice, so the doctor said, oh, you're a little <laughs> pumpkin.
I don't remember, remember that. The, my mom told me that because I was a baby, so I don't remember. Oh, welcome back to your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside the little pumpkin, Jerem Jordan. You know what I didn't mention? So if Ryan Smith is going to own the Jazz, does that mean like Jimmer, Fredette, Brandon Davies, Kyle Con- all of them like they're in the mix. are suddenly signed by the Jazz? I'm kidding. Is Danny Ainge the new GM? Yeah, yeah. Ryan Smith has to worry about how he's going to convince Donovan Mitchell to stay in Utah right. now. And Rudy Gobert, do you keep him long-term? The whole day? Yeah, he's, he's got different <laughs> different those conversations yeah, now. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Uh, we're having a conversation, me specifically, one-on-one with the Navy transfer and current BYU linebacker Pepe Tanuvasa, who is very, very well-spoken, very smart, and very sincere in his commentary. We discussed everything from Halloween to... What is it like defending against Zach Wilson in practice? It's Pepe Tanavasa one-on-one on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Pepe, first and foremost, happy Halloween week. What are you doing to celebrate? Because you're going to be playing football on Saturday night when the actual trick-or-treating is playing. You know what? I have left all the Halloween planning up to my wife. And so she's kind of taking the head on that, on what we're dressing up for Halloween. I'm not quite sure. I just follow instructions and put on whatever she has to that up for me. So I asked your teammate, Neil Pau, what he would do if he could dress up in a costume and play the game. And he ultimately settled on his pajamas. Just he wanted to be relaxed. <laughs> what, what about you? If you could play football at the division one level, but in a costume, which way are you going with that? You know, what? I've always appreciated the Jabberwockies. They're a a dance group, and one of the things I love about, you know, their style is the swag that they have on their shoes. And I, especially me and my wife, we love sneakers, and I think that's, that was what I would want to play in. Maybe it wouldn't be the most effective, but it would look good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, To a lot of people, that's what matters most, Pepe. Uh, (laughs) Don't you know it? Okay, uh, you're, you're a sneaker guy. Okay, so what uh, what are you going with? Are you rocking some Jays? Are you going to go with some Yeezys? What what are you doing? You know, I, I'm a big fan of the Jordan ones, and keeping it basic, you know, can't go wrong with those. Just make sure they're the royal and blue and black edition, right? Of course, of course. <laughs> okay, okay. Now on to uh, things that perhaps matter most to some people that are watching this show: the actual football. You take on Western Kentucky this Saturday night in hopes of going 7-0 and for the first time since 2001 at BYU. What do you know about the Hilltoppers thus far? You know, we are really just trying to not take them for granted. You know, they're, we, we see them as a great team, as a great opportunity, again, to, to come out and play our best. And so, you know, looking forward, we see them, you know, they play a lot of 11, 12 personnel. And so you know, just trying to scheme for, for that personnel, as well as, uh, you know, anything else that they could have can throw at us, you know, Texas state coming out in a bunch of, of different formations, uh, kind of trying to prepare for that. Yeah. What was that like as a team competing against just some weird stuff last Saturday night against Texas state with the dappy duck formations or whatever they're calling that, mm-hmm. you know, it was a little bit strange to see, but you know, they're a great team. They have great athletes. And so after the first drive, you know, our coaches are, are amazing and we're able to, to scheme up a, a really good defense to, to help stop that, uh, which, why I, which, you know, we ended up doing. 
which I think is just going to be key for this next game is to, to rely on our coaches and, you know, just our talent, our effort to really um, pick up the slack for anything we, we can't prepare for because we can't see. Pepe Tanubasa with us on BYU Sports Nation. Western Kentucky presents uh, just the next challenge, and everybody's looking ahead. Now, it's your responsibility and job as an athlete to focus on the next practice, the next rep, the next play, the next opponent. But there's that game out there with Boise State looming. So how do you avoid any potential pitfall against Western Kentucky? You know what? I think I, uh, I fall back to my training at Navy you know, everything, when I was, while I was at the Naval Academy, life was just so busy that I had to take it one day at a time. And so really that's got me into a great mindset for, you know, busy times like this or stressful times when, you know, there's a big game moving ahead, but there's even a bigger game and that's this week. Um, and so that's helped me a lot. You bring up the Navy, and quite a few of our viewers are somewhat familiar with your story and, and how you eventually ended up at BYU. But for those that don't know, walk us through a brief timeline of uh, how you ended up in Provo and are playing now on the 11th-ranked team in the country. Okay. I um, graduated from Tiger High School in Portland, Oregon, and then I served a mission in, in Tampa, Florida. Afterwards, I, I went to, to Naval Academy, and I played there for two years. Uh, and after my, my second year, my second season there, I just had this feeling that I needed to be somewhere else, which was, which was a really strange feeling because things were going great. You know, football was awesome. School was great. The military life I loved, I was loving, but I just felt that God needed me elsewhere. And, you know, I took the leap of faith and I transferred. I didn't really know where I was going to go, uh, but I know eventually that I, I wanted to come here to BYU. Um, and now I know why, you know, getting to play with, you know, my brothers here on this team, but especially, you know, meeting my, my now wife, um, who is the love of my life. Man, you just scored some serious points. That's for sure. Let's go ahead and clip that, uh, segment off that little bit off so that you can show it to your wife later. You're welcome. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, uh, coach Satake obviously is thrilled to have you on the team. What was the initial reception from he and the staff when you said, Hey, I, I want to play at BYU. You know, I, I came at a weird time just after the season, after the recruiting season. And so I wasn't, you know, there wasn't really a, a spot for me at the time. I really had to, to earn my way onto the team um, and then spend my, you know, my red shirt year or not. Yeah. My red shirt year sitting out because I transferred on the scout team. And so I just really tried to take that day by day again, because it could be uh, disheartening knowing what I could be doing my potential, but I just really tried to play my role in helping, you know, our team prepare for the next opponent and, you know, wait for my, my opportunity to, to show what I have. 12 total tackles for you this season, a couple of pass breakups, and most importantly, six wins for you and the BYU Cougars as you prepare for Western Kentucky. You're hoping for number seven. Where do you feel like this team has improved the most from game number one against your former team, the Naval Academy, to where you are now? I think the, the relationship between offense and defense is incredible. You see, you see a lot of teams when there are turnovers on offense or when, you know, there are big drives on defense that the other team goes down and scores. 
that they the other side kind of gets down on them. But that's not the case here. You know, when when there are big turnovers like the fumble fumble last last game, um, deep in the red zone, you know, the defense was was all over it. You know, we were just excited to play and excited to to give, you know, another opportunity, another opportunity to shine. And so it was vice versa when after the first drive, when Texas State drove down and scored on us, we were a little bit down, but the offense picked it right up, you know, so that we got, you know, they got us. And so, and they did, you know, they went down and scored that next drive, which, which gave us a lot of confidence. Playmakers clearly on both sides of the ball at BYU, specifically tonight to your quarterback, Zach Wilson was featured on the college football playoff show featuring the likes of ESPN's Kirk Herbstreet, Reese Davis, Jesse Palmer, David Pollock, and had a really nice interview. When you look at Zach Wilson um, and you're trying to describe to uh, somebody that hasn't defended against him, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Because you got to face again in, in practice. So, so how do you explain that? <laughs> I would say poised, you know, facing him in practice, he adjusts very, very well. Um, one of the things linebackers at BYU pride ourselves in is, is reading quarterback's eyes and adjusting to, to where he's looking to throw. Um, and he's gotten so much better at looking us off right before he sneaks a curl right, right behind us. And it, frankly, it's a little bit annoying in practice, but it's, it's, um, you know, it's paying dividends in the game. You know, he's, you can see this, the numbers don't lie on what he's been able to accomplish, especially with the, the likes of our great offensive line, which gives them the time to, to make all those plays. Hey, you're right. The numbers don't lie. And they have BYU as one of the best offenses in the country right now. And, of course, the 11th or 10th ranked team, depending on which poll you're looking at. But, again, we're trying to take this with a grain of salt and not read too much into it as a player. As the hype grows, as the national attention grows, I mean, for crying out loud, we just talked about the show that BYU was featured on tonight on ESPN. How, mm -hmm. how are you handling this? What, what do you do to stay even keel? You know what? Luckily, I have a heavy course load for school. And so it's, <laughs> there's not much else to think about other than midterms this week. And, you know, taking, you know, taking care of my wife and being, being a husband first. Um, you know, that, that keeps me pretty down to earth. Good answer, man. Good grief. The, uh, the Naval <laughs> Academy prepared you well for pretty much everything, right? <laughs> you know, I like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pepe, it's great to catch up with you, man. Before you go and uh, take on Western Kentucky and continue those preparations, we'll give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. If you're not familiar of how this works, basically you get it. And even though you're already set to play well with all your preparation, it'll give you that extra boost against Western Kentucky. So mark it down. The Sounds good. Nice karma. It's, it's going to make a difference this week. Thanks for the time. Well, thank man. you. Thank you. Pepe Tanubasa on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. He had a major impact in the Navy game, obviously playing against Navy after sitting out uh, last year, but that's awesome. And BYU's loaded at linebacker. He's, he's a backup. How many times are we interviewing the backup or a backup on BYU Sports Nation? But BYU's loaded in that position. He's an interesting cat. And I love how genuine he is when I say, hey, there's so much hype, so much happening right now. What do you do? Man, I got so much homework to worry about. <laughs> I, I, I can barely focus on my classes in the next opponent. We forget the reality of the situation. <laughs> like, Zach Wilson also has homework, right? <laughs> right? He's got like a paper due probably yes. or whatever. It literally, for a student athlete, 
student being the operative word in this instance. Yeah, well, they're athletic students to me. But, <laughs> it's yeah. like, man, I got a midterm to prepare for, too. Yeah, good luck. Woo. Coming up, the man who triggered his inner Babe Ruth and called his own shot, Isaiah Kafusi, will join me in the film room. Plus, which unforgettable Cougar in the pros moment from almost 30 years ago had Twitter buzzing last night? And what an ESPN personality just suggested BYU do because of what's happening in Wisconsin. You don't want to miss this. BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Join ESPNU Radio's virtual pep rally for BYU versus Western Kentucky, hosted by Nicole Auerbach, who joined the program yesterday, and Ben Hartsock, no relation to Noah, via Zoom on October 29th. That's tomorrow, 7 Eastern. For more info and to register, visit SiriusXM.com slash pep rally. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton, and this is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it! The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Last night on ESPN, David Pollack said Zach Wilson sounds like Tom Brady. So what's your reaction to hearing any Zach Wilson-Tom Brady comparison? At first, shock, right? But that's why David Pollack immediately qualified with, I'm not saying he plays like him. I'm saying he sounds just like him, both in the tenor of his voice and how he what about formulates timber? his sentences. Yeah. Okay. So it's, he just—he's pointing out that Zach sounds mature and literally a little bit like Tom Brady. Don't don't read into this too much. Yeah. I, I, yeah. At first, it's like whoa, 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 whoa. That's the greatest quarterback of all time. What are you saying? It's the goat. Yeah. I, I don't even think he sounds like Tom Brady that much. Right. Whatever. <laughs> okay. Could have been the AirPods that David was wearing. Maybe Perhaps. they were malfunctioning. Perhaps. How about this? With the ongoing COVID situation at Wisconsin, they've canceled all team activities for the next seven days. Yep. Their quarterback, Graham Mertz, who was amazing against Illinois, now has to sit out three weeks. Yep, that's a fun policy, Big Ten. <sighs> so with Wisconsin in the waiting now and so much questioning as to what they do next, Anish Shroff of ESPN just tweeted the following. Wisconsin is scheduled to play Michigan on November 14th. Mm-hmm. BYU has a bye November 14th. If I'm BYU, I'm on the phone with Ann Arbor saying, hey, just in case. Jerem, what do you think of that proposition? That would certainly shove BYU into the forefront of the conversation. They already are near the front, right? But the risk-reward thing again. Does BYU need, at 10-0 potentially, if BYU runs the table to the rest of the way and doesn't have any COVID issues, do they need another game? I still don't think they need another game to get into New Year's Six. And losing at Michigan could blow it up. Winning at it could certainly help it. So, I don't know. I think there's too much risk for the reward. Yeah, what is the end goal? This is what we need to point to. Right. To me, it's New Year's Six. It's not the playoffs. What is the end goal? If it's the New Year's Six, then... Do you feel like you need to legitimize what you've done against Michigan or just I, I beat Boise State? I don't think so. Play the rest of the schedule. Yeah. Now, the competitor, this is where the competitor in Tom Homo and other high-level staffers at BYU comes into play. Well, I think we need to prove that we're legit this year and take advantage of this rare opportunity when BYU is in the college football playoff conversation and not just be in the conversation but legitimize it and take the game. This is There's a lot there. There's a lot there. So if BYU scheduled that and lost, lost, that'd be that'd be a massive detriment. The national analysts are interested in what they want to see, and what they want to right. see is BYU they want, legitimize. They want to be entertained. The schedule. You know what oh, I want? Man. BYU in a New Year's Six. Can't That's wait to watch BYU play Boise State. Go schedule Michigan. Add somebody else. Let's see if the Cougars are for real. Kirk Herbstreit said last night, "I just wish I could see BYU 
against a essentially a powerful college football opponent. Yeah. This would present that. They're interested <laughs> in their own self. Right. I, I say so, I say no. The competitor angle is the reason BYU hasn't been relevant in the Independence. It's the reason. BYU's been too competitive, right? In terms of the schedule. That's my issue is know what you are, schedule accordingly, and then guess what? You can be relevant. It took a pandemic to get BYU off of that in the schedule. It's twofold here. One, the schedule, but that is secondary to BYU's just a better football team this year. Right. The schedule certainly plays into it, though. If BYU, BYU doesn't escape the first month undefeated if they have the normal schedule. They probably could be 2-2, two and two, maybe 3-1 and one at best, right? Could they It'd escape be tough. a couple of tough games against Boise State and Michigan? be loaded. Man. <laughs> okay, college basketball tips. Four weeks from today, is your excitement level for your hoops is higher or higher than it was after the win over Gonzaga? Uh, it's not as high as it was right after the win against Gonzaga because all of a sudden BYU was a maybe a five seed in the NCAA tournament. They just had the greatest senior night in the history of BYU basketball. That was 81 versus Utah. Storming the court with the social media and everybody watching, it was a bigger deal, right? Yeah. Uh, that was the biggest deal and best feeling since uh, Jimmy Fredette. So, no. The start of the season is not going to do it for me. That level was incredible. Listen, I'm excited, but not that yeah, excited. Come on. Come on. And it's okay. It's okay to not be that excited. That was a pinnacle moment. Don't tell me how to feel. Not just in the year. <laughs> it's a pinnacle moment in the history of BYU basketball. Yes, it was pretty cool. All right, Jerem. Stay with the basketball theme. What does BYU alumnus Ryan Smith's purchase of the Utah Jazz mean to BYU basketball? Listen, Ryan uh, is awesome. He puts money into the BYU basketball program, BYU athletics in general. I don't think it affects BYU negatively. If anything, it's more positive. He loves hoops. He loves hoops in this state, right? So I, I think it's great. Ryan Smith has been nothing but awesome with BYU. I think it's amazing that Ryan Smith has put himself in the position to buy an NBA franchise. And by the way, this isn't the first time that he's been in the conversation. Other teams outside of the state have shown interest in Ryan Smith and Paul Tricks, and he has shown interest in the NBA, but clearly he's most interested in the Utah Jazz right. and staying home. And Rail Salt Lake, there was a little convo Correct. there. He's like, hey, recently, I'm, I'm here. Right? I'm here. He's clearly interested in the local teams. And to your point, he loves BYU basketball. I like that he's staying local. I love that he's buying the highest level basketball in the state. And he's very close with Mark Pope. Hey, make more money. And then maybe BYU can afford to keep Mark Pope for a long time. Eight billion. Eight <laughs> billion. Is cross country the most dominant program on campus at BYU right now with a two and three ranking? Yes, based on that metric alone. Cross country ranked number two in all the land, the men, and the women ranked number three? Yes. <laughs> That's, they're clearly the most dominating program on campus. It's no to me. What? It's football because of the dominant margin of victory uh, as opposed okay. to where they rank. Okay. Yeah. Th- when you go combined programs, men and women on campus right now, it is cross country. They have overtaken volleyball after last year and the start of this year. Volleyball is still incredible, but cross country, both in the top three, yes. that's pretty awesome. And they finished one and two. Uh, yeah. The men are the defending national champions. Pretty cool. They won the national championship. Yes. They have the most dominant program, but yeah, I like how you... Uh, it's margin. It's margin. Raised to that, yes. Thank goodness for the easier schedule. Former BYU Cougar and Baseball Hall of Famer Jack Morris had a strong reaction to Blake Snell being pulled from Game 6 of the World Series on Minnesota radio station Score North. Quote, Blake Snell is throwing better tonight than anyone I've ever seen in the World Series. That includes himself, by the way. These analytics, guys, we have now think numbers are more important than having an ace at his best on the hill. 
Does Morris have a point about numbers hurting sports? Yes. There's always a line, a fine line there, right? Now, it reminds me of a really funny tweet I saw last night. Someone said, the Dodgers inserted Justin Turner, who tested positive for COVID-19 mid-game. How does that work? They, they had to bring him out of the game when they got the and everyone else was second fine? test results. If this okay? was BYU football, they'd be like, everyone's out. Someone said, <laughs> Justin Turner interfered with the Tampa Bay Rays. Sense of Snell. <laughs> Get out of here. That's pretty good. Yeah, that was that was a great answer. Who cares about mine? Coming up, the versatility of Mark Pope. And where does Isaiah Kafusi's pick six against North Texas rank among recent Cougars? There have been a few. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight on the BYU TV app, watch an all-access Cougar baseball scrimmage coming to you tonight from Miller Park, 8 Eastern Time. Fun look at the 2021 Cougars. We're just doing our part to add one more day to the baseball season. The World <laughs> Series right. ended last World night. World Series ended. We still have baseball. Not over yet. That's a great point. Not over yet. We're also, hoping that no one has COVID mid-game. That's kind of the goal. <laughs> Tonight. And then after the game is over and whoever wins, if someone does have a COVID-19 uh, positive test, they don't come out and celebrate with the winning team. <laughs> did he come out later? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. I shut it off by then. Oh, my gosh. He did? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> they insisted, but the season's over. It's weird. Oh, okay. okay? Yeah. It's like yeah. there are no games. It's like whatever. After, but it's weird. You get a trophy and you get COVID. So I, w- I wonder yeah. if the Dodgers are going to be fine for that. They think, don't care. I think they can afford it. Yeah. Yes. Okay, well, senior linebacker Isaiah Kafusi has had a tremendous season so far. Leads the team in tackles. He's top three in TFLs, sacks, and takeaways now, which he has a touchdown as well. Here's my conversation about Isaiah Kafusi and his pick six and other things inside the film room. Isaiah, you called your shot. I have massive respect for that. It's one thing to have a pick six. It's another to say you're going to have one. Catch me in the end zone tonight. When did you know, hey, I'm going to do this tonight? Just throughout the week, I've just seen a lot of uh, opportunities. I told Keanu, I said, hey, I'm going to get in the end zone tonight. And he was like, all right, like me too. Like, I'll get in. And, and so that was a fun moment for both of us. And yeah, I, I just felt, you know, felt good. Went out there and uh, was able to make a play. So when you catch that ball, now, now you got to house it, right? Walk me through <laughs> what you were thinking once you got the ball. Uh, I was just determined to get in the end zone. We practiced the interception drill. Look at all those guys blocking for me. I mean, the, the five-yard line, there's those two offensive linemen, and I was like, I'm getting in no matter what. So credit to my teammates for helping me out. Let's talk about how it compares to a couple of other notable pick sixes the last couple of years. So Kai Nakua, 2015, Fred Warner, 2016, both against Boise State, and now you on that same part of the field. How would you compare yours to theirs? Oh, man, I don't know. Those are those are just two legends. Kai, you know, is a ball hawk. Same with Freddie. Freddie's, I mean, you know, he's tiptoeing down the sideline. He dives in and extends the ball out to the pylon. That's what I wanted to do, but it didn't work out that way. It looks cool in pictures, but Freddie's, Freddie's is, is up there for sure. Texas State ran a unique alignment initially on the first couple of drives. Three alignment with the tight end set in, and then two alignment flexed out with the receiver. What was that like trying to defend that? Because you were in the slot at one point. You were kind of a cornerback at one point. That was a unique look. 
Yeah, it wasn't. And we practiced, you know, kind of these unique looks throughout the week. We're always prepared um, the defense that we had. I, I think we needed a, a couple adjustments and our coaches did a great job of just adjusting to, you know, their unique um, formation and just needed some time to kind of calm down and just relax and, and keep going. You guys have flown under the radar a little bit. Everyone's talking about the offense. Everyone's talking about Zach. Things are going well on offense, right? But you guys aren't giving up a lot of points, a lot of yards. Do you like flying under the radar a little bit? Yeah, I mean, we we just are doing our thing. I, I saw a cool stat. You know, of the five turnovers that the offense has had, we've given up zero points. You know, we're, we're, we're about each other. We're, we're fighting for each other. We've got each other's backs no matter what. And then Western Kentucky, Halloween night, at home, fans in the stands. What do you expect? Just a great game. Really love, um, you know, kind of just being able to play with my with my teammates. Love what we got going on. Really excited and really looking forward to a fun game. What certainly is, it's 6-0. and Well, good luck this Saturday night on Halloween. Isaiah, thanks for joining me in the film room. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Isaiah Kafusi in the film room with Jerem Jordan. Yeah, fun fun stuff. What a play from him, man. What a play. I'm not surprised when he takes the humble approach. You ask him about Fred Warner's pick six. and He's those like, guys. oh, wait Man, those guys are legends. Yeah. It was pretty good, Isaiah. Like, no, the that return was, pretty was good. amazing. That's pretty good. All right, Jerem. <laughs> We've had an interesting show today. We, You and I have been talking during <laughs> the breaks and even during tape pieces at length about the playoff. <laughs> Like, just, just still conversing. Just all these hypothetical scenarios yes. because of what Anish Shroff just tweeted out. BYU-Michigan, November 14th. If Michigan can't play Wisconsin, does BYU schedule Michigan? Right, do you place? want that? Oh, BYU-Michigan yeah. determining the national championship again like they did in 1984. Well, only one team was playing for a title in that game. It's true. Six and five, Michigan was not. Uh, in in mid-December. <laughs> right. And then they wait. Like, did we win the national title? Hey, oh, now, we did. Now they're playing for a shot at the college football playoff potentially uh, in uh, mid-November. Here. This is the new Mitch Matthews thing. Uh, yeah. To me, it's an overassessment. <laughs> like, listen, I was like, Mitch is very good. I'm not saying he's a bad player. That's would be a stupid take. I was just like, he's not an elite player. Is BYU an elite team, like, good enough to get into the playoff? Will they get into the playoff? That's where I'm going, whoa, 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 New Year's Six. That's the same thing with Mitch. Like, I was like, he's a New Year's Six receiver, not a playoff receiver, if you will. I mean, we don't even know if Tom Holmo knows about this yet. And I'm sure he's. I assume that Tom knows way everything. more. Everything okay? Do. Yeah. Has he even made the call yet? Is he wanting to make the call to Michigan? Text Tom Homo. Um, we're here. I think everybody knows that BYU's here, if need be. All Power Five teams. I don't. You and I differ on this. I don't believe that any Power Five team needs BYU for any reason. They don't need BYU. If you win your league, or at least get to the title game and lose to the power broker, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. You're going to be in a New Year's Six. Like, look at Virginia last year. Virginia was over the moon. They're like, yeah, yeah, we'll lose to Clemson so we can go to the Orange Bowl. It's great. But they just want to play a game, though. It's like, we just want to play games. We want to play high-level teams. The Big Ten, for sure, is not doing this. Because they're, they're like, oh, now health doesn't matter as much as we thought. We're going to play. But, yeah, we'll do 21 days on a positive COVID test. They're going to come to Utah? I don't know. Or, play, or like, even play a non-con. goes to Ann Arbor, then SEC, that, that's another conversation. SEC and Big Ten have said they're not playing non-con. Why would they suddenly play BYU? Okay, we have much Why? more to discuss in all of this, including a question that I have. If BYU took a game like Michigan or some other high-level team, played close, lost, would they be penalized that much? Or would they still be in the New Year's yes. Six conversation? Yes, they'd be a fraud. Because if you're on the outside and you have one loss, you're out of the party. No matter who you, you play? You are gone. No matter who That's you play. That's how it typically works. 
because they're not going to get that opportunity anyway. So they're not going to play Michigan. That'd be incredible. <laughs> but no. Coming up, I don't want 2015 again. Coming up to come on. Mark Pope ready come for on. anything. Way Just cross team. the 50. All right, college football playoff hypothetical scenarios. Okay. Yep, we've got more. What is this? Where could BYU have an edge okay. in this strange 2020 rundown? Here we go. BYU Sports Nation. Blue goggles on the whole brick. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation's Rising Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio app. We have a podcast. You can download it. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. It's time to play Yes or No, presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. Based on what we've discussed this show, not surprising that we're going back to the well of hypothetical BYU versus other teams potentially getting into the college football playoff scenarios. Water down in that well. Okay. Jerem, (laughs) I'm going to ask you one question. I think you know the answer. Three different scenarios. Yep. And you will answer simply yes or no. Okay. Hypothetically speaking, Mm -hmm. would an undefeated BYU team belong in the conversation for a college football playoff spot over a two-loss Power 5 runner-up with the second loss coming to an undefeated Alabama, Clemson, or Ohio State? For each of these three, the following applies. It's hard to assess in a vacuum. Did did uh, was that team at full strength? Was the, were there COVID issues? Were who else did what? What was the margin of the game? Da, da, da. So no. To all I three, just, I just don't think there's an opportunity for BYU to get in the playoff. Realistically, something insane would have to happen. What if it's like I don't operate in those situations? Okay, it all depends on one where BYU is in the rankings. If they've gone, so we're talking about like a Michigan. That's an or example. A team like there, that, right? or a Wisconsin, for that matter. Well, they're not going to play a couple games. Oh, have they just totally taken themselves out of the conversation? Well, they may not be the division champ based off. They didn't play enough games. Ma- perhaps they do have minimums set on those. By the way, they're like you have to play at least this many games to qualify for the division. Yeah, <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah, this is crazy. Yeah, what are the other two? Okay, would BYU an undefeated BYU team be in better position for the college football playoff compared to a one loss? Power five runner up again. Was that one loss to the to a great team? Was it close? Was it on the road? Like what is that? It's hard yeah. to know a, a team, in a vacuum. It's hard to assess. Okay, that. let's quantify yeah. it some more. One yeah. loss power five team that didn't get to their conference championship game. So let's say Oregon loses to Washington. Washington goes to the Pac twelve championship, yeah. loses to USC. But there sits Oregon with one loss, and, one and they whatever. were not in their conference championship. Game. That team gets a lot of respect. They will. They will. So they would be in better position they, still, not even having played in their conference title game, than an undefeated 10 and OBYU. Think about the committee. Think about who makes those decisions and what they have typically done historically. If they don't allow See, outsiders. In, in that instance, I'm looking at the committee and saying, okay, we have undefeated BYU 10 and O, who just beat a ranked Boise State team. And maybe BYU goes out and schedules Marshall and they beat a ranked Marshall team. Okay. It's like, oh, okay, well, they've, they've done some things. Oregon didn't even get to their, their conference championship game. Right, but Oregon played can, all Power 5 teams. BYU played but they didn't even zero. get to their – they didn't play in their conference championship game. And BYU's undefeated. That's, that's not mattered, typically. Oh, BYU, I think it is. No, t- think, no, 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 no. They've, they've, that's not mattered in the playoff, typically. For the SEC. Right. For the SEC, but not for the Pac-12 and the Big 12 
and other Power Five conferences. Like if you're in the SEC, that I think that's the only exception there. Yeah, uh, I just don't see BYU in a playoff situation, barring something just unbelievably crazy. <laughs> like, and that's not gonna happen. It just doesn't happen. This is the year. If it's any year, this is the year. <laughs> I agree. Right. If, if something crazy was gonna happen, it'd be this year. All right. Our question of the day with blue goggles on: If BYU goes undefeated, do you believe? They will go to the college football playoff. Why or why not? Question we've ever asked. Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from Curtis Garrick on Instagram. Since you said with blue goggles on, then the answer has to be yes. There you go. Isn't that the purpose of the blue goggles? Yeah, it is. It is. That's true. To see that which appears impossible until the lenses get scratched, I will continue to cruise in my blue goggle dream world. I mean, seriously, what better time to wear them? This ain't a normal year. It's not a normal year. It's not. Okay, today's Rise of Shadow is presented by Mountain American Credit Union, guiding you forward. In case you missed it, BYU Basketball put out a video of Mark Pope, who can do it all. Okay, team, DJ is going to continue to mix until we see the team leave the locker room. Then go intro video, shoot off pyro, and welcome our Cougars to the field. Copy that. Welcome the team after we shoot pyro. With so many limitations on personnel and staff in the stadium, some of us are having to take on multiple roles. Ready? Fire! No, no, no. On my cue. Everybody ready? Okay, DJ, cut and go intro video. No, that's the right video. <laughs> like you said, the man could do it all. He can do it all, man. Mark Pope. Hoops, four <laughs> weeks from today. Let's go. We're excited. We don't know the BYU schedule, but NCAA basketball. Then. We'll find out. Fun, we'll find out soon. Our thanks to today's guests, BYU linebacker Pepe Tanuvasa and the other linebacker, Linebacker show. Started Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use hashtag BYUSN. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Darren Yancey. BYU football with Kalani Satake up next on BYU TV. And baseball tonight, baby. Let's go!